Hello, my friends. Welcome to Deeper Than Dating, the best place for singles to uplevel their lives and take advantage of their single time. I'm your host, Sarah Mack, breakup and relationship coach, and I'm here to guide you to uplevel and upgrade your single life by building a deeper connection with yourself. I'm on a mission to help millennials take advantage of their single time so they can get over their past, stop settling in life, attract better relationships, and have fun while being single. On Deeper Than Dating, we will explore topics of self-development, psychology of love, relationships, and breakups, mindset, spirituality, and manifestation in order to deepen the relationship with ourselves, which is truly the secret to deeper dating. Whether you find yourself still trying to get over your ex, questioning all your relationship decisions, desiring a more fulfilling single life, or chasing your next relationship, this is the place to be. It doesn't matter where you're at in your journey because the answer will be the same. Dig deeper into your connection with yourself in order to attract a better life and level up. It's not about dating. It's not about the breakup. It's not about your future. It's always deeper. Let's dive in. Welcome back to Deeper Than Dating. Today, I have a co-host. I'm not even saying you're a guest. You're my co-host today, so we can just chat. I'm not interviewing you. Awesome. Lee Michael, he was on episode four, I think, where we talked all about heartstring. Today, we're talking about dating, dating today. You know, we don't really know where this is going. We're just, we're getting on because we're friends we are business besties. We actually haven't talked in a while, so we might be catching up here on the show, but that's true. So welcome. Okay, well, actually, actually, thank you for having me as a host again. Today we're talking about, we were just talking about how messed up our dating world is. And the last episode I recorded was dating yourself. So what I encourage people to do is to get clear on what they want before going to the dating world. Do you feel like that's something that you do? And when you say get clear on what you want, you mean as what you're looking for in a partner? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think there's an idea of what you want, but I don't think that it's always so clear. Um, I think that if you have too much kind of scaffolding around what you really want, um, it may take away from experiencing some things that you otherwise didn't realize you were probably looking for or discovered that you wanted uh, in mm-hmm. that process. So I think trying to keep a bit of a, like a roadmap, I guess, or something, some qualities that you look for in someone are probably quite helpful. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think identifying things that you definitely don't want are, are sorry, my cat's just yelling at me. She knows what she wants food right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I think identifying some things that you definitely don't want are probably a little bit better perhaps because that way you know what didn't work for you in the past. So you can at least you can at least leverage that, right? And be like, okay, well, this type of quality wasn't working for me because of this, or I felt this way when this happened previously and I don't want to experience that again. I think a lot of that is also learned from um you need to you need to kind of experience things with that person that you're starting to see or starting to date again too, right? Like it's hard, it's hard to know out the gate. You need to have some experience with someone also. So, and some things aren't, aren't apparent right out the gate either, right? Like it takes time as you integrate your life to discover if, if uh, there's things that 
you know, work for you or not also. I think that's the hardest part. You know, someone said this to me this morning when I was chatting with them, another uh, one of the coaches in Heartstring, actually. Um, we were just talking about like being friends first. And I know we've had those conversations before for a while, but like being friends with someone before you um, mm, end up dating mm. them. When I reflect back on all my dating experiences, none of them have worked out from, you know, like dating online. And I'm just thinking like, is there another, is there another way? Like, do you start is like, is that the way where you start to build a friendship with someone and then it just morphs into a relationship? If it, you know, yeah. if you create that container of safety and like learning and vulnerability with someone, maybe that's a better framework to build a successful relationship so that's what we were talking about this morning yeah I totally agree I say that all the time I miss the days especially college university when you have your friend group and then you get to like you know feel people out you don't just you're not just put in this environment of your one-on-one is this the could this be my person? Could this be the person I spend the rest of my life mm-hmm. with? That pressure that we put in the dating world today. Being friends first, you truly get to know someone in a different environment where there's less pressure. And I feel like those can be the best relationships. I love when friends decide to be more than friends and build a relationship together. Have you had that? I mean, maybe for some people, I would have liked to have had that now that I reflect on it, you know, like there's these, like, there are these, I have had that once, actually, and I would say that we definitely had a profound kind of love for each other. um, Beyond like, even as friends, and she ended up dating a couple of my best friends. And it was, we just, it just worked out that way. And I was, we were fine with it, because we stayed friends for a really long time. But yeah, I think that it's, I mean, maybe it's harder now to do that with people because again kind of the culture of it is you mm-hmm. you jump on an app right and it's right to like order it's like ordering someone to your house like it's like <laughs> you don't how do you no I'm not saying that that's what you no, do but like that's I it's know like, but it's, it's the it's, same as looking for food on an app or buying clothes in a way right and it's like can we that that initial experience doesn't perhaps set a good groundwork to meet people I mean look even as the creator of Artstring dating app I'm trying to figure out how can yeah. we create a better vehicle for people to have a different type of experience? And I, that's a really tough problem to solve. Mm-hmm. I mean, that brings us to why I'm trying to host in-person events with your friends, right? Because I think that it's kind of right. interesting to to see people with their friends and how they work and what the vibe is there as a, as a perhaps a better measure to at least see their social world. And by seeing mm-hmm. someone else's social world, it gives you perhaps a better understanding of some of their like values or the people they surround themselves with because you didn't build a friendship yet. Maybe that's the starting point is like you at least get a little bit of a better window in. Yeah. I think you're on the right track of changing that the dating game in that aspect, the idea of being able to go with a friend and meet a couple, meet other friends. It just, it relieves some of the pressure and you get to see someone in that that's a little bit more they're probably a little bit more comfortable in that situation than if it were a one-on-one date situation yeah I mean and it also 
it's also a chance, like it's a chance just even if let's say there was no potential matches for someone there, or they didn't vibe with anyone. It's kind of fun because you're still going on a date night with your friend in some ways. Right. So you've got, mm-hmm. that pressure is like an additional level of like, Hey, well now we can just have fun and enjoy drink and like laugh about this, you know? And I think that's, I think like taking like part of it is how can I create experiences for people that, um, that just bring back this, like, yeah, this like raw state of fun in, in dating. Everybody's so amped up, right? Everybody's like so stressed out. Nobody has any time. Everybody's like, you know, maybe they've been on lots of dates or maybe they've been on no dates, but the pressure is there. So I'm just thinking like, remember the old days when you were like, well, we're not that old, but the like, old days. you know, like, you know, like when you use like a pay, when you used to use a pay phone to like meet your friends at the mall, like I, I used to do that. I don't know if you've ever did that, done that, but like, <laughs> I guess I'm only 35, but it's like, you know, I would use a pay phone and I'd be like, Hey guys, like meet me here at this time. There's like a mystery to it. And like a element of like, you're just kind of going with the flow. Like you got to go there. The bus may arrive 20, 50, you know, 20, 30 minutes late. And that's part of it. But it's, like that kind of element of just slowing things down a little bit and like bring some mystery back, I think is kind of fun. That's how I perceive it as where it's like, mm-hmm. and then of course, like, again, to the friend element, I think a lot of the way that, you know, all the dating experiences, at least that I've experienced in the past decade and what I've seen and what's been created out there is it's really like siloed and very, like very specific to your person, like to you, you know, and, I'm like, nobody ever dated like that before dating apps. It was always like either you met someone, you know, in your university circle and they'd be like, hey, why don't you go on a date with this person? You'd be like, oh, okay, cool. You kind of know them. Or you're at your like sports or church camp. I don't know, whatever it was, right? <laughs> no, I'm serious. Like whatever yeah. it was, right? It's like yeah. your social world. And so, and and I mean, does anyone know anyone whose relationship works out well if they're not like not that you need to be friends with their friends but like if their friends didn't like you like I don't know a time where it's worked out for me when friends of someone I dated didn't like me and it's like definitely didn't work out so you know it's kind of interesting to think about that as well yeah and there's a high st- statistic of coworkers that end up getting together because think about when you're in a working environment you're around each other all the time. You have similar men- mentality, similar goals in the same environment. And then mm-hmm. think about the last few years where most people are not in a co-working environment. Most people are working remote. They don't get to build the same connections that you would build. I certainly miss my co-working connections that I don't have anymore. Like now it's we I text my old coworkers. And mm-hmm. we were just talking about like that just adds to the layer of loneliness as well. So it's like, where do we get that same environment feel where we can meet people, be social, be- get to know people without the expectation mm-hmm. of whether we need to start being exclu- in an exclusive relationship or not? hundred percent. That's a really great way to put it actually. And like in a space where you can feel comfortable enough to know that you're coming there, there's no pressure for you to like exchange contact information or like go home with someone. It's not like at a club. It's like, you're going there, you're showing up for, you know, whatever, how long the event is two and a half hours, you're having a great experience and then you're packing it in calling it the night. And you know, if you're old, like me, you're in bed by 10 30, you know, done. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. and then you, you know, you can, 
mutually match uh, on online or whatever. Um, and you decide if you want to exchange contact information after. And if you don't, cool, no pressure. Come to another event, check it out. And I think that's kind of cool to, it's all, you know, it's, it's, it's really slowing things down a little bit. And um, yeah, I think, I think that's a, that's why we're trying to do this is just slow things down and offer people a different experience because it's just gotten so out of hand, you know, like, you know, like something that gets me so much is when I see these videos of people like just like suggesting like how to game the algorithm and stuff like that's how bad it's gotten. It's like we're finding little tips and tricks to like serve up like a different profile. Like it's yeah. super weird. It's or like, you know, we chatted about this before we started recording the like chat GP, you know, like don't use yeah. that in dating. Yeah. And, that, and that's what I think like people people and back to the experience pieces, people are craving authenticity i spoke with two people at the cafe yesterday when i was out i obviously always chat with as many people as i can and uh they were 23 and they were like they immediately understood when i, when I was showing them part string and it's only three conversations right and they're like to be more intentional because i have over like 50 matches right now and i just it's exhausting like i don't even what's the point and mm -hmm. like they they're 23 right it's like i can't even remember when i was 23 but imagine like when you're that age and you're thinking and you're already like having that understanding of the world as like, wow, this is, they're like, where do we meet people? Like this dating app is garbage. And I was explaining pitch your friend and they're like, that sounds cool. Like, it's not like you're going to a club and you're whatever. And I was like, yeah, like that's what we're trying to do. So it just, it made sense to me that even these people that are again, different age, I love talking with people of all different ages to get their feedback, but at 23 yeah. and they're, they're all jacked up on it. I'm like, whoa, that's cool. So, you know, because you always think like the younger generation, they're always like on the latest thing, but they're like, we're done with this. You mm -hmm. know, so I was like, that's cool. Yeah, that's a good point. I feel like it's exhausting the this the cycle of dating for people. So I do feel like we are going to see a lot of changes in more just encouraging social events rather than sitting on an app trying to find your perfect match. Um, I, I mentioned that last week as well. I feel it does feel like a shopping spree. Like you can get on an app and just kind of pick out what you want without putting the intention of actually building a connection with another human being. Yeah. And it it's also just honestly, like I it's just so distracting. Like as a as a way to it just like in envelops, depending on your relationship to it, can be extremely distracting and overwhelming you know? Yeah. So, um, yeah. So friend friendship though, honestly, I think friendship all around 2023 is the year for pitch your friend and it's the year for just friends and dating. I'm telling you. So that's what we're gunning for. Well, I'm thinking about, okay, look at how you and I met. We have never met in person. We met through a networking group on Facebook. Mm -hmm. I hate Facebook first of all. And yet got pulled into this amazing group of other coaches, matchmakers, dating app creators, mm -hmm. and we connected and hit it off. Think mm -hmm. about like if we, if that group was a social group that was all in the same city and they met, mm -hmm. we met up every month. Like think about mm -hmm. how much of a game changer that would be for our businesses, for mm -hmm. our uh, love lives. Like there, there's so many single people in that group like we, mm -hmm. that would probably end up dating 
It's mm-hmm. it's as simple as that. Like getting a bunch of people like-minded people in a room that's not, you know, we live in different countries, <laughs> you and I, and we've mm-hmm. built this connection. Who knows what would happen if, you know, all 150 of us were in the same city. Mm-hmm. That's that's just what's coming to my mind of like there's such isolation now today. So even if there are social events, then people like how motivated are they to actually go actually show up and mm-hmm. put themselves out there that's that's another layer of adding to the loneliness is everyone is so comfortable in their home and their homebodiness and they have to put yourself out there and it seems like dating is has been the only avenue for that because there's different incentives there's the incentive that of intimacy connection and you know potential partnership and sex. So there's less incentive with, oh, let me go be social and make friends. You know what I mean? Yeah, Just that's rambling. a great point. It's always hard to, I think, pull together a social community element to dating because inevitably the starting point is always like attraction or it's like, oh, there's, you know, you know, like, you know, when like other dating apps, they have like a mode where you're like, find your friends. And I'm not saying that that can be valuable for people, but I think inherently like the lines get blurred either way um, in most cases. But I do like this idea of that kind of social club, if you will, you could call it where it's like, these are events. Like in the case of pitch your friend, you could be single or not and come to pitch your friend, which is really cool because it's like, you know, you, you and I may go to pitch your friend and I'm not single, but I'm pitching my single friend. But at the same time, I also may not be uh, in a relationship forever. So if I'm ever single again, I know that there's this like growing social events and experiences of single people. So it's kind of cool that I think enable other people who are um, not single to be part of that in a way. And again, people need to define their, I think, some of their own boundaries of like, what they're looking for, if they meet someone there to make friends or whatever, or networking, who knows what the the output would be for them. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I think thinking about it like a social club is actually a really good way. And it's a good model because yeah, it really is just a collection of, it's literally, I'm trying to create things where I would be interested in going to as a single person, right? It's like, I'm like, oh, if I saw that, like, that's kind of cool. You know, like a special um like wine tasting or like a doesn't always have to be drinks it can be experiences too right like I always think of extreme stuff like let's go like mountain climbing you know like I don't know but just think I think it's fun to to be in different situations that also take down the like veil or the the shield that we put up in most dating contexts you know and just be ourselves right like imagine you did like people it's like okay this is gonna be I don't know like a silent a silent disco, you know, as people are dancing, right? That's different. Not a lot of people dance yeah. in public. Or, hey, this is going to be a meditation and a cold plunge and, uh, you know, like whatever, like something, something where it's like the shield is coming down or you have to like work together to do something. And that can be the basis for like developing something rather than this like, oh, we're going on a date. Like I need to immediately impress you in one hour or less. Otherwise it may not work out, you know? That's definitely what I what the angle is in terms of us trying to approach something more. And that's cool because it gives people a chance to just be themselves. And but yeah, honestly, the friendship model, I'm really into that as a not just as a date night, but as a like 
I don't know, making friends with people and seeing where it goes, you know? So, okay. So there's that layer of how to meet people that isn't just swiping on an app. Mm -hmm. Then there's the layer of being so picky these days. Do you feel like we're too picky? And it's just a tough question. It's like, I think it's important to be able to, it's kind of like what you started off with. I think it's important to be able to have some roadmap of what you're looking for. But at the same time, there could be deal breakers that don't work for you. Very specific things. And that's okay. I mean, you chose the path to be that particular and you may be single, right? But also you can't expect every partner to have everything that you're looking for. That's impossible. You know, it's it's uh, that's why I think it's important to consider the social context of people. Again, coming back to how you meet friends being relevant to this, because if you consider like from from my experience, I have my best friends that I talk with about like, you know, we we philosophize about topics in the world. We go deep on things and that's what they're there for. Right. Or like we work out together or we do that kind of stuff. And that satisfies a piece of my soul that. I don't expect to get out of a partner, but it, w- but it would be ideal. So like, I do have parts of me that I'm like, Hey, I would love to like work out with a partner. I think that's cool. Cause it gives you this level of accountability. It's not a must have, but it's, it would be cool if we did, if mm-hmm. we didn't, if she's doing it on her own, that's awesome. Cause that's also inspiring to me in the sense of like, Hey, she wants to put in the work to like, look the best version of herself. Awesome. I'm putting the work cool. So that's like, I think that's a, that's like a, element because my lifestyle is geared around that and it's hard for me to like not have that as a factor in determining like compatibility with someone because I live such a very particular discipline life they don't need to meet me on that level but I think there needs to be alignment in terms of lifestyle choice on their end Mm -hmm. however I don't expect to have deep philosophical conversations with them because I have that with my two best friends who we naturally have that affinity so I don't, I don't want to like force but, that onto my partner, you know? But what if you're, if you're with someone that you could not have deep, well, philosophical conversations with, would you mm-hmm. be attracted to them? Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I'm explaining is that this, this is not a, even though this is like a must have in my life and it satisfies a piece of my soul, where I get it from is from my best friends. That's what I mean when I say a partner yeah, doesn't need I, to have everything. So yes, I don't need to have deep philosophical conversations uh, because there may not be that natural, deep philosophical conversation. I think letting back to the point of like slow dating or building a friendship, maybe that evolves over time. You can't always also know that perhaps things are so deep, you know, right away out the gate. Maybe you vibe on lifestyle. Maybe you vibe on, you know, um, values or vision for your goals or where you see yourself in one to five years, whatever the, whatever you vibe on. I think being patient also in like, letting go of some of the expectations that we, that our souls need. Like when I say soul, I just mean like, that's what I need. You know, I need deep philosophical conversation in my life. And that comes from my friends. And I've learned that now. So I don't need it from a partner at this point. Yeah. We can't expect our partners to be everything, which is the expectation that a lot of people have. However, we have to get clear on what we do value and what is important to us. For mm-hmm. me, I have I would have to have deep philosophical conversations with my partner. You're having a deep philosophical conversation with me right now. Like literally that's the re- reason when me and my an ex, one of my exes was like I feel like I'm talking to a a, a wall. Like mm-hmm. I feel so empty because I want to go deep and you mm-hmm. don't know how. 
that made me feel so empty. And I'm thinking, yeah, I mean, here I am with a podcast called Deeper Than Dating. Yeah, and that makes sense. And I certainly, um, I think that it is, yeah, if that's if that's a deal breaker for you, then definitely. Um, I guess maybe there's a measure of extent from which I, which I mean, like deep philosophical conversations. So, um, you know, like I think talking about emotions and being vulnerable and being able to, you know, hold space for someone and communicate effectively. Those are all like key parts, right? Um, I just don't need to talk necessarily about like existential challenges, like stuff that I chat with you about for podcasts with that person at this point in time, right? Like I don't need that level of clarity and depth of understanding right now. So it's just a measure, I think, of, again, what the must-haves are and and the ones that you can probably maybe work on to, like, integrate or meet someone halfway on. I think there is, I think it is important. It's not a compromise of boundaries. It's just simply, like, a understanding of, like, part of, I think, building good partnerships is, like, there's some level of integration. But you got to know what you're, like, you're, like, deal-breaker. You're, like, no, I'm not, you know, like, health and fitness. Like, nobody's, t- that's never going to change for me in any capacity it's only going to get more grueling you know or more disciplined so Mm -hmm. that's it that's another thing is like complacency in a relationship that certainly gets me kind of backing away what I mean by that is like if I start to notice that let's say I slept in a little bit like I slept in until like 6 30 or something it's like I gotta stop that because it's like too easy to fall into like a pattern where you're like you know, like you sleep over at someone's house, you drive over to their place, or they come sleep over, and then you kind of fall off your routine, right? And I think that that's, again, that's not a prescription for anyone else. That's just my reflection on my own experience of what I need to do to achieve what I need to achieve, right? Yeah. So that's like a deal. But when I start to notice that if like my habits are are like shifting a little bit, and it's not working for me, that's where I'm like, okay, I need to make an adjustment. This is not because it's just what is required in this moment, right? It's being an entrepreneur. And that's a, that's a huge challenge, you know? So when you ask of being particular or picky, I think as an entrepreneur, again, everyone's different, only speaking from my experience, but as an entrepreneur, yeah, I probably need to be pretty particular because it's like, there's so little time, you know, and a single dad. So stack on those two things. And then it's like, and then you're yeah. just smiling. So I'm just wondering what you're going to say. Okay. So I'm thinking of the book how to not die alone, which I've actually read it a few times because it's very data-based and um, she is a behavioral scientist, which I love. I love data and stuff. But she talks about all this in the book of like the different types of daters. There's the there's three different types. So there's the maximizer who always who wants the best relationship and they have this feeling that they're going to they can't settle, settle down. Like they, they feel like they're going to pick the wrong one. They're, they're so picky. They're romanticizer that romantic over romanticizes relationships. And um, they have this like in their mind, in their mind, exactly what they want. And then the hesitator has unre- unrealistic expectations of themselves. Okay. I'm literally just looking at my notes. That's why I'm like all over the place. It's okay. I definitely relate to the maximizer of the feeling of not wanting to of the fear of picking the wrong um partner which makes me just gives me anxiety she Mm. says anxiety plague plagues maximizers do you feel like you relate to that at all or no they may the anxiety the maximizer is not what i feel like i relate to um you know i feel like the romanticizers wait for love and won't put effort 
and to create love. I feel like I've created too much love sometimes. Um, What's the last one again? Since romanticizers are confident, they know what their future partner will look like. When they meet someone who doesn't match that image, they won't give that person a chance. (laughs) They end up missing out on great potential matches. I'm laughing at that one because I feel like that's probably what I relate to. However, I think if you know. That's what I would have guessed. Yeah. Well, I feel like, yeah, I, you know, we talk about this before, like manifestation and abundance mindset and stuff. And I just think that it's a it's a delicate balance between, you know, um, embodying and manifesting and actualizing your vision with your life and and seeing the potential of who would come into your life and i i think that that's there's nothing wrong with that i think that that's you know it's just it's just a tricky balance when you think about you know is there something it's that like one foot in one foot out or like too many options kind of thing where you're like oh is there someone else that's really going to meet this is there someone else that's really going to meet this and then that's why i was bringing up this idea of like compromising right and being like what are some things where there's like a give and take and and integrating and kind of a letting go of but yeah for some fundamental things i think there are there's literally hundred mil- hundreds of millions of people out there so i think that it's just also how long you know do you keep chugging along and yes what and this brings me to the next point which i'm curious to see what you say um the secretary problem so she talks about this in the book secretary problems if you as if you were hiring a secretary it's not like we can interview every single person in the world. Right. Right. So we have to have a strategy and it is, let's say you interview, um, they say interview 37% of the candidates that apply, you interview 37 and then you take, you stop and you take a benchmark and you say, okay, who was the best of that pool? Who, where is that benchmark? And then you hire the next person that is above that benchmark. You don't yeah. you don't continue saying, oh, well, let me get better. Let me get better. Let me get better. No, so so that, you apply that's that actually, to dating. That's a really good point. And that's exactly a benchmark that I discovered this summer, which is Who's why. Who's your benchmark? I'm, don't say the uh, name, but. She knows you, who she is. She listens in. She listens into my podcast. She knows she, who she is. She knows. She's done it before. No, I think that, oh man, you always go deep, eh, Sarah? I mean, it makes sense that we go deep on this. All right. Um, Fucking deep. No, I appreciate it. That's why I value you so much. Um, Yeah, I have that model now in my mind. So it's very hard for me to, I, it's, it's actually like this. In my regular life of like, my regular life, like there's any different, but it's like when I moved to my current place, right? I said to myself, I'm not going to live in a place that's like lesser than this place. And what I mean by that is like, I worked hard to arrive here. I don't yeah. want to, I'm prepared to go back to nothing if I have to, but it's like, I, I want to keep striving forward. And I don't know where the striving arrives at. I obviously have to enjoy where I'm at and I love my place now, but I'm not going lesser than what I've achieved here. And it's not a material thing. It's a, it's like a well-being thing. Like a worse So in the context thing. of dating, I think there was a, a level of like, um, like a plateau that I reached this summer with someone, and I I can't really look away from that because I'm like, wow, this is like a really good model to um, 
to it's not it's not an ideal because it was actualized like i experienced a really cool relationship and in a different way and something that i wasn't used to and just in terms of like some of the qualities i identified right of like physical health and wellness and and just kind of being confident and, and those kind of things that that person embodied that to me is a really good model of what i you know and it didn't work out for for other reasons for our own reasons but it's just that like i think that's a, for me taking that forward is actually the right approach so the secretary problem is resolved but you just need to have a archetype to like or whatever it is that you're saying be the model to to baseline the rest against and i think that model is a good model and benchmark. you know what yeah the benchmark and that benchmark if it doesn't work out after you know going through these as as she says these interviews or whatever then maybe readjusting the model but at the same time i think that it is a good model things were pretty good like it just didn't work out for whatever reason you know so so yeah it's hard to look away from that model now so i i have that model in my head now and i think that i also believe in like a lot of the things that you how do i put this it's like you need to strive to like meet someone at that level if the model is like that you need to strive as a, achieve a certain level of like health and wellness yourself or like you know to achieve a certain level of like well-being in your life that you know if you if you got this type of place and you're looking to grow to another type of place you probably need to have more financial security or whatever it is right again not meant to be material but i do think you need to do the self-work to arrive at a certain level so that you can attract the type of people that maybe your baseline your your benchmarking from I think mm -hmm. that that's that's like a key piece because you you may have a benchmark, but you're not going to be able to attract those people because you yourself maybe don't think about yourself in in a certain way in a positive way, or you haven't put in the work to arrive at that benchmark level. So that's literally my whole philosophy and what I do with my clients is become the you. person, become the person you want to attract. Become stop chasing love or chasing the perfect person i mean it just sounds cliche 100. at this point it's like work on yourself just work no, on it's yourself. just the basics but it's like it's so much work and time and you got to go off into your own journey and yes so so you have a benchmark in mind now what would you do with that or hypothetically if you you know if you were looking what for a partner so she says like look at when you start dating and then by the point you want to be in your partnership or long-term relationship and you take 37% of that dating life and then anyways so what would you do with that information I mean I'm not I'm on my own path now so like whatever that attracts in this path I know it's going to attract what I needed to attract and that benchmark not what I need but what I've looking for on that benchmark so I'm not even focused on that that's the thing right like the focus right now for me is as you know heart string and picture friends so and and being the best version of myself so that will naturally attract people into my life even if I'm not actively engaged in the dating sphere using dating apps or whatever obviously I'm immersed in it because I have a dating app in it but and singles events but I think that's a hard part for people to recognize especially Maybe it's not time to date. Maybe you need to go into the fire of your own well-being and put in some self-growth work that's going to take a long time. Honestly, I've been doing this for a decade and I still feel like I haven't passed this or crap. You know, yeah, sure, I've grown, but it's like you just scratch the surface a little more, a little more. Yeah, everyone is on their own journey. This, I mean, this just kind of reiterates what I talked about in the last episode was 
take the time to build that relationship with yourself. And when you're ready to date, you can open your heart. Okay. So thank you for coming on again and being open and vulnerable and talking about dating. Thanks for having me. As always, it's a pleasure. Love talking with my biz bestie. I'm sure we'll have you on again. Sure. Anytime. Anytime, Sarah. Okay. I hate the ending. You you just end it. You just press end. Okay. It's done. Thanks. Okay, bye. You hang up with me?